Wednesday night into Wednesday morning may have been, for me personally, was probably the worst I had ever felt about myself, like as a human being. Um, Wednesday morning, um, I'm getting ready for work, you know, and I, I, you know, in the bathroom, I'm talking to Mary, and she's doing her thing, and I literally, I cried. Like, not like a little bit, but I cried like a baby. And, um, and I, you know, and I was thinking like, you know, what do I tell my daughter who's got to go to school, um, you know, this morning? What do I tell Callie? What do I tell Jack and Ethan? How do I reconcile this with my wife? Like, how do I go to work? When I went to work Wednesday, I'm telling you, it was a, it was a funeral. Everywhere. And in my office, people walked around as if they had lost someone deeply. I, um, I, sent a, I sent a text message to, uh, to my boss, and I'm like, I, this is probably what it felt like for my grandparents and parents growing up, you know, as my age. This is probably what it felt like. You know, I've only felt like this for a small amount of time. So, but this is probably what they felt like their entire life. So my, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and the people before them, you know, and I got really, really angry, yeah. and I got upset. And, um, you know, you can ask Mary, when I, when I get going, when that stove starts cooking and I bubble up, it's, it's pretty bad. And, um, you know, and I felt that way driving to work, at work, and driving home. And um, it wasn't until I probably pulled into my, my driveway Wednesday night you know, and the Lord's like, listen, I still reign. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Said, and for all that you're feeling right now, I still reign. That's right. So the question is, what are you going to do knowing that I still reign? Right. Said, are you going to get wrapped up in your own sort of microcosm of, oh my God? Said, are you going to continue to walk like a king or queen in this life? as I have called you to do. And it was that moment of clarity for me. I said, you know what, Lord? I I appreciate that. Because the way I was feeling, you know, I, I, it was bad. It was bad. And I'm like, Lord, I I need you. I need you. I need your help. And, you know, and the, the one thing, like I'm a social media guy. So like from, from Facebook to Twitter to Snapchat to all of that nonsense, Every single thing was just feeding my anger. And I didn't do the one thing that I should have done. Shut it down. And get before the Lord. Because the entire time, and I think why I got so upset was like, I have no solution for this. This is something that I cannot fix. Like, what, what, what am I going to do? And I think that's really what, um, what, what drove me to, to my, my sense of, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And um, he's like, listen, I got you. He said, but this is a prime example, Dave, of what's wrong with you and your house. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you see what's happening. How is this my fault? He's like, well, your reaction's your fault. And he's like, I want you to talk about some things. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. So he took me to Ezekiel, which is, you know, who's, who, who teaches out of Ezekiel? But we're going to do it today. So Ezekiel 43, Ezekiel 43, and I'm going to, I'm going to jump around a little bit, so you don't have to, you'll have to bear with me. So Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 12, in the Amplified Bible, says, this is the law of the house. 
of the Lord. The whole area round about the top of the mountain, Mount Moriah, shall be most holy, separated and set apart. Behold, this is the law of the house of the Lord. Now, I'm like, Lord, that's, that's fantastic. That, that, is, that is hot fire straight from the throne room. And I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what this means for me. I, I don't know. I'm at a loss here. Tell me, how, how's this going to fix my current situation? How does this scripture right here make me feel better? Because it doesn't. Because as a believer, when I read this, there's a four-letter word in here that every believer has a hard time dealing with. And if you, if you, can't, if you can't pick it out, it's holy. I'm like, well, Lord, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about that. I, I don't want to hear about holiness. I don't, I don't want to hear about any of that. So when you read the scripture, you're left longer for more and asking, Lord, okay, what does this mean? What's next? Yeah. Said, and when we talk about being holy, he's like, Dave, I want you to consider being holy. Said, if you look at this properly, being holy is the key to your success all of the time. So, me growing up, when I hear the word holy, I automatically think restriction. Yeah. Right. See, because holy doesn't connotate anything happy or fun or enjoyable. Right. Holy sounds like punishment. Yes. In fact, when you say holy, or when, and even just growing up and hearing the word holy, I would much rather you take this belt off and whoop my tail That's right. than to say, I need you to be holy. That's I'd rather my father punch me in the face than to hear anything about holy. Because that's the connotation that it had. And today, the pastor made this point. He said, holy means separated unto God for his use and his purpose. So now, Dave, if you were separated unto me for my use and my purpose, then the landscape of whatever's happening politically, financially, emotionally does not matter. Because you are not attached to that system. Because I want you to be holy, separated, and set apart. This is the law of the house. So he said, Dave, what is the law of your house? And I'm like, Lord, you have to stop asking me these questions because I hate these conversations. Because it normally means that I've done something wrong and you're going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to wrestle with it for a minute, but then I'll do it because that's what I'm supposed to do. But the entire time we, we talk about being a believer, we want to have liberty. We want to be free. We want to be free. So when I read this verse, I'm like, Lord, I know you're not trying to restrict me from anything. Because why would I serve a God that says you can be free, but that freedom comes with being restricted? Those are two thoughts here that are diametrically opposed to each other. So either I'm going to be free or I'm going to be restricted. It's like what I want you to understand is that the house law or the rule of government here is for you to be free. But the only way that you can be free said you have to cut away all of the nonsense that's restricting you from me. So okay, Lord. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about it. 
So at this point in time, just to give you some backstory, to give you some context about why we decided to pluck Ezekiel 43 and 12 out of complete obscurity, is because Ezekiel at this point has already had visions. God's already told him, listen, I need you to talk to the people of Israel about what needs to come. So if we read this here in the Amplified, it gives you, it gives you a better example. So Ezekiel 43 and 10 in the message says, Son of man, tell the people of Israel all about the temple so that they'll be dismayed by their wayward lives. Hmm. Get them to go over the layout. That will bring them up short. Show them the whole plan of the temple, its ins, its outs, the proportions, the regulations, and the laws. Draw a picture so that they can see the design and meaning and live by its design and intent. This is the law of the temple. It radiates from the top of the mountain, everything around it becomes holy ground. Yes, this is law, the meaning of the temple. So now, Lord, I'm like, okay, you clearly want me to see something here and I am, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still missing it. You said, I, I'm, I have a wayward life. He's like, you know what? Said so it's not, you know, you're not wayward, you're just disconnected. So when you continue to read here, and it talks about the physical construction of the temple, what Ezekiel saw, it's like, listen, this is how it needs to be. I want to return my glory back to you. But for me to do that, I have to be at the top of everything. And it talks about it right here, it says, as it radiates from the top of the mountain downward. He is setting up a system of government here for not only the temple, the physical building for the church, but also for your physical body and also how you live your life in this world. He's, he's setting up a rule of law to say, Dave, you have to not be governed by what you see, what you feel, what you hear, right. but you need to be governed by me. Yes. And when that happens, when you allow me to govern your life, you will live. You will truly live. Yes. You will truly live the life that I have for you if you allow me to take rule in your life. It's like, I don't want to control you. I want to bless you. I don't want to restrict you. I want to give you freedom. I don't want to shackle you. I want to give you liberty. So, but right now, so many times you have to, like it said before, take a look at your wayward life. Take a look at the path that you currently are on. See where you've deviated from the plan. And understand that this is the plan for the temple. This is the plan for the church as a whole. This is the plan for you as a believer. This is the plan for your family as a believer, as a collection of believers. Said, I need to be at the top. And you need to follow every single thing that I have laid out for you. Now, that may sound difficult, but if I were to tell you that it's the easiest thing you can do as a believer, would you believe me? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Just let God be God. Just let me govern your life. Said, let me make you holy or let me set you apart from everyone else. All right. That's good. That's good. I'm like, okay. All right, I, I, I like that idea. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm like, but Lord, you know what? Like, this is not really new. Like, I know what this means. Like, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know what it means to, to seek you first. You know, seek me first, the kingdom of heaven, and all of his righteousness. Like, I know all that. He's like, well, if you know it, then why don't you do it? I'm like, well, I say, I say that I follow you. He's like, but your actions don't say it. 
So that's why I can ask you this question. What's the rule of law in your house? What is the rule of law in your house? Think about that for a minute. What governs you in your home? What governs you at work? What governs you while you are sitting here in this building right now listening to these dulcet baritone tones? What is governing you right now? Is God at the top of your government radiating his glory downward to every single thing that you touch so that everywhere where you go is holy ground? Think about that for a second. The blueprint for the temple was for God to dwell there all of the time. It wasn't just in the holiest of holies now. He said, I want to dwell everywhere. Yes. So, but we need to set up some system in the rule here so you understand this is where I'm going to function. Dave, will you allow me to function this way in your life? From top to bottom. What is governing your home? What is the rule of law in your house? How do you comport yourself when you're not connected to these folks here? He said, I want to separate you. I want to separate you to the point where everywhere that you go, because I am the top of your governmental system here, everywhere you go becomes holy ground. Think about that. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in into the deep recesses of your brain. That if God sits at the head of your life, Everywhere you now travel becomes holy ground because that's what God sitting at the top of your life does for you. That's what his glory does for you. That's what his grace will allow you to partake of. His glory will radiate from the top down everywhere you go. So it talks about being holy. Everywhere you go, you now separate yourself from everyone else. You are now the leader in the clubhouse because we've decided to let God be God in our lives. Like, Lord, it's very simple. And if I could actually see the plan, like it says here, said, you know, the people should be dismayed because you've let this, you've squandered this opportunity for so long. He said, but draw a picture so that they can see the design and meaning and what it is to live by this design. Figure out what it means to live by God's design for your life. Ezekiel prophesied to the children of Israel clearly to tell them that God wanted to dwell with them a little bit more. And not just a little bit more, but forever. And he wants to dwell with you if they would only recognize what holiness truly was. And instead of separating themselves from God, they separated themselves from all of the other nonsense that kept them from God. So, you know what, Lord? You're asking me to embrace a holy lifestyle. You're asking me to embrace being separated from the other guy. You're asking me to embrace separating myself from the world system and cleaving to you. That's what holiness means. Holiness has nothing to do with you wearing pants at church. Holiness has nothing to do with you wearing a napkin on the top of your head. Holiness has nothing to do with the color of your fingernail polish. Those are all doctrinal things. And the thing about it is that sometimes you have to unlearn these things that you've been taught because it is robbing you of what God has for you. I said, okay, Lord.
He's like, so when I say be holy, don't bristle. When I say be holy, don't, 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 don't try to run out the door. When I say be holy, say, okay, Lord, let me be holy. Show me how to be holy. I'm like, okay, I like that. I like that. So let's go with me real fast to Proverbs 21. I hope you're getting a little bit of something out of this. We, uh, we're not hooping and hollering today. In fact, you, I, I may never do that ever again. Mainly because I don't do it very well. And two, you don't learn anything. I need you to learn this today. So Proverbs 21, verse 21, in the Amplified Bible says this. He who earnestly seeks after and craves righteousness, mercy, and loving kindness will find life in addition to righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God and honor. So if I seek after him first, if I seek him earnestly, his way of doing and being right and being upright myself, you're going to find life. You're going to find a good life. In fact, you're going to find the best life. You're going to find the greatest life. If you stop seeking after what the guy down the street has, if you stop seeking after how to obtain these things the way the world has done, but if you actually start to seek God first and what he can actually do for you. So do that. I said, okay. All right, Lord. He said, you sitting there in the bathroom crying because you're trying to figure out how to fix this yourself. Said, never once did you consult me about what your next move is going to be. Yeah. It's like, you really think that I can't take care of you? Because some guy with a bad hairstyle and orange skin and a very, very, very just negative mouth is going to rule over you? He's like, what does that say about me? Yeah, all right. I'm like, you know what, Lord? You're right. Yeah. I can't get caught up in the nonsense anymore. And I think you guys can't get caught up in the nonsense either. Is that you actually have to push out all of the white noise that's just kind of radiating in your head. And that that the enemy is constantly putting in front of you. Because what he wants you to do is not to even worry about that system anymore. Because it was never designed for you. That's right. So when Ezekiel saw that prophecy, and it talks about the millennial church, he's talking about you. Saying, understand how I designed you to live but yet and still, you won't walk this way. Said, so if things continue to persist in your life, like lack, sickness, doubt, destruction, anger, worry, I got you. Maybe, just maybe, you need to check who's ruling your house. Said because if God reigns, and that is the rule of law in your house, and you are protecting your house, then these things don't stay there. Now, I'm not going to say that they won't come because the enemy's job is to make sure that these things try to come at you. It's your job not to let them in the door. That's right. That's right. Said so you've got to protect your house, and right now you're cleaving and protecting the wrong things. I'm like, okay. Psalms 1. think I would have that queued up already. Yeah, well, that's all right. Psalms 1, 
in the Amplified says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. This is what we're talking about here. Following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. This is, what, this is the whole thing. This is, this is everything right here in a nutshell. Nor stand submissive and inactive. Oh. oh. First you tell me to be holy, and now I got to do something? I don't know, Lord. That are submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire in the law of the Lord and on his law, precepts, instructions, teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And we know what the rest of the, of the, of the word says. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and trended, intended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leave also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and comes to maturity. So this is talking about the way of the righteous. That's the heading that I have right here in my Bible. He's like, Dave, listen, so this is the way that you're supposed to live your life. He said, you've been inactive or you've been submissive or wait, I'll, I'll do you one better. You've been permissive wow. in your lifestyle. When we talk about what's the law in your house, you've been permissive. Yeah. You have willingly opened the door to let lack come into your home, mm -hmm. to let sickness come into your house, mm -hmm. to let fear come into your house. Yeah. He said, and it persists because that is the rule of law that you subscribe to in your home, not God. So what you have to think about today is that if all these things continue to persist in your house, yes. and we talk about your house, you know, yes, your, your physical family, yes. but I'm talking about you personally, yes. and even this body here, yes. if these things continue to persist, then maybe, just maybe, we need to look at what we're standing, believing, saying, and expecting. That's right, yes, that's right. Just maybe. Maybe we say on Sunday, Lord, bless me indeed. But Monday through Saturday, we don't speak those words. See, because I'm pretty sure we just read it here. It says that you need to study that word and meditate on it day and night. So it becomes a lifestyle. You standing here on Sunday reading the Tyler's Confession one time and not believing it is not you living a holy life. That's not you being separated. That's you being passive. I'm doing it because someone told me to do it. I don't believe it. I'm just going to do it because it looks good. And all the while, the rule of government in your house is lack because it persists there because you allow it to sit there and fester. That's a real word. That's a real word. And then what happens is that you get angry and you get upset with God. And you get irritable because things aren't working out for you. And all the while, it is not God's fault. It's yours. He's standing at the door saying, hey, I know you're in there. I know you're in there. What I want from you is to let me live here. Open the door. Let me live here. 
Let me come in and let me rule here so that my glory can come in with me, so that my grace can come in with me, so that my goodness and my mercy can come in with me, and that you can start to live the life that I specifically designed for you. Let me come in and show you what it looks like to live a separate life. Let me show you what it looks like to be active in your faith. Let me show you what it looks like to live from glory to glory to glory. Let me show you what your life should look like amplified and pushed to 10. Mm -hmm. Let me show you what a holy life will do for you where everywhere you go, people recognize that is a holy person. I'm going to do things for you because I can see it upon you. There's something, you don't look like everybody else. You don't sound like everybody else. You don't talk like everybody else. And you certainly don't have all these things that everybody else has. In fact, I want what you got. That's where he's trying to get us to. We have too many folks that should be set apart, consecrated for God's use. But instead, we sit on our hands because we're afraid what that might actually do. The fear of the unknown is what drives people to cry at 5.30 in the morning in their bathroom. It's it's true. The fear of the unknown will cause you to lash out at people for no reason. The fear of the unknown, fear itself, will cause you to make crazy decisions. Fear will cause you to worry yourself into the grave. Fear will cause you to literally walk away from God's plan of prosperity for your life because you're afraid. Yeah. So, so Dave, and I'm going to use me because I'm not going to call you guys out. That would just be mean and rude. So, but if you don't want these things to persist, then change the rule of law in your house. Stop being passive and submissive and permissive of these things sitting around because you've succumb to this thought that, well, this must be God's will. No, see, that is just you not doing your job. That's, that's right. That's right. Just, oh, it, it wasn't in the cards for me. Uh-uh. The, the, that statement in itself is shocking and amazing to me when I hear a believer say those actual yeah, words. Right. Like, do you know what that means? Yeah. Do you actually know what that means? Like, so you're just waiting for someone to divine something for you out of a card that can see your future? Oh, it wasn't in the cards for you? Really? Wow. Okay. So, so, so clearly we need to take you back to school. Yes. What God wants you to do right now, what we're going to do in the next three weeks, we're going to start to build this foundation of what your house should look like. When you read in Ezekiel, it talks about examining the entrances and exits of your life. What are you allowing to come in and flow out? What are you doing? What government do you have set up that allows these things to freely come in and out of your life? You freely allow sickness and disease to come in and out of your life. You freely allow lack to come in and out of your life. You freely allow depression to come in and out of your life because we are too stubborn or too afraid or unwilling to lock the door 
and only allow God to reign in this house. Late, uh, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, small little apparel company down in Baltimore. I'm not going to uh, give them a free shout out since it's going out to millions of people uh, in the world. But the, um, their slogan was, we must protect this house. Yeah. That was their slogan. I mean, it was closed and it was cool and it sounded nice. And, you know, they had these tough guys saying it. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I said, but God's like, dude, you got to protect your house. Yeah. Yeah. I said, what are you allowing to happen? Yeah. Said, these things are sitting in your house because you allow them to. Mm. I, had, um, I had a mouse in my house, right? Worst thing ever. <laughs> Worst thing ever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I became like the Orkin man the Terminex man on steroids. And I'm talking about lifting up washers and dryers and all kinds of stuff, trying to get this nasty, disgusting, disease-filled thing, rodent, out of my home. Now, people will freak out when they see spiders in their house. Right? You'll see an insect crawl around and you'll get crazy you will lose your mind. You'll start screaming and hollering. You probably want to call the police. I, I know it happens. It happens in my house. Oh my God, there's a silverfish. And we get so beside ourselves to get rid of this, this thing here. In fact, uh, you know, pastor over here electrocutes bugs when they fly around the house. That's how much she hates them. They're like, oh, if you came in my house, you deserve to die because you don't belong here. Now just imagine, just imagine, just imagine if we treated our spiritual life the same way. Just imagine what would happen. Imagine if you started uh, electrocuting lack when it showed up at your door. Imagine what would happen if you decided to not give sickness a foothold anywhere. If you didn't allow it to persist because you now understand and recognize that this is not what my life is supposed to be. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Wait. He said that he reigns at the top of my life. Yes. And his glory fills my home. Fills this temple. Fills this temple. So if that's the case, I understand. Then none of these other things should be happening because God reigns here. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.